Welcome to the Clear-Headed Podcast. I'm Kate Madry, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. This is the podcast that drops in on people's moments of clarity surrounding their sobriety. Super LA of me, but I like to start every episode with a deep breath in. So if you're driving to work or you're on your way to run some errands or maybe you're in bed getting ready to wind down, let's just start with a deep breath in and out. Okay, let's get clear-headed. Courtney Anderson helps women quit drinking. She's the founder and podcast host of Sober Vibes. She's also the founder of National Sober Day. This conversation with Courtney was insanely enlightening. It was filled with so many good points. Just good point after good point after good point. The first incredible point that she made was that sobriety doesn't happen all at once for everyone. When I asked her what the moment was where she realized that alcohol wasn't serving her and decided to make a change, she explained that the two didn't happen at the same time. For Courtney, the realization that alcohol wasn't good in her life wasn't the same time she decided to set it down. By the time I hit 25, I actually had, I was out partying one night and by this time there was a lot of blacking out going on. And I had one of my, you know, episodes where blackout mayhem followed, whether it was, I would start picking fights with friends or throwing furniture, trying to fight people. And this time, I still don't really know all the full logistics because in my recovery, I had to make a choice of just being like, you know what, some of this stuff, I don't want to revisit, not being naive to it, but I just don't need, because so it was just so much where it's like, I don't think to me, I don't think that that does a good person good. You know? I agree with that. Yeah. I don't need the logistics. It's like, okay, that happened. And then that was my habitual habit for the most part, you know, or that's what would transpire after I drank. But this time I had taken a bunch of pills and the next day, nothing had happened to me. But then the next day I had to wake up to the shame of that. I had taken some Klonopins and I had to wake up to, I'm like, why the do I feel this way? You know? And then I, of course I was living with my sister at the time. And then I got the backstory and I'm like, okay, like, obviously that's where my drinking led. So from that point, I do have to say that was a big part of like having people worry. Was that an actual suicide attempt? Or was that just me in a blackout really, really messed up? And that was more accidental. Did I know what I was doing? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So that is kind of where I started to be like, okay, there's going to be one day that I don't drink alcohol anymore. I don't know when, how it's going to look like any of that, but I know that this is just the road that I'm leading. And four years later, <laughs> 29, six weeks before I turned 30, that came knocking at my door. And I had given up alcohol for good. And what did that knock look like? That knock looked like I had lost my my rescue cat 
for the second time. And my then boyfriend, who is now my husband, said to me, because I used to stand over our bed and threaten his life. We laugh about it now. Yeah, not so funny in the moment. No, not so funny (laughs) in the moment. And I would probably say uh, it took him about a year to start joking about it. But he said to me, you know, you can continue on, you can continue drinking, but I'm not going to stay on board with this. And it was really, it was laid out how it was supposed to be laid out for me. A lot of people um, sometimes are like, all the main events aren't good. But for somebody like me, it was what I needed because I never had a person who sat there to say that to me, where it was either like drinking or me. A lot of people Mm -hmm. enabled me, you know, I have history of addiction issues and mental illness issues in my family. And so it was never like, here's an option, go to rehab. There was never any interventions with me. It was just like, it just was accepted. So, and I found her, I made a promise, a pact with the universe. I said, if I find my little fur pants, I'm going to give this sober life a go. Three days later, she was found. And I haven't had a drink since August 18th, 2012. Woohoo! Yes. Yes. So That's the sober vibe. It is. It is. You know, I mean, it's definitely not easy, but it was a decision that you, anybody, I had to come to, to be like this. I tried for four years. I went off this ride. And I have to say at the end of the day, I was tired. I was tired of the cycle. I was tired of just living that anxiety induced, like that hangover, um, anxiety roller coaster, you know, with the panic attacks and then just like feeling like you're going to die and Mm -hmm. then ordering $40 worth of Domino's (sighs) pizza to just like spit it out and be like, this is terrible. Yeah. And not get it, you know, and then not eating properly for a couple of days. Cause I just like my hangovers towards the end was like three, four day hangovers. And then I started to feel normal, be productive one day. And then it, it all started back. Then I would drink. And at that time, you know, um, it was binge drinking. I did not drink at that time before I quit every day. Um, but that was just the cycle I was on. There are so many notes in what you just said because the points that you brought up are so good. One, I completely agree that it is okay for you to not have to relive the events that transpired when you were under the influence of a substance that did not benefit you. I think part of the reason why being becoming sober or going into recovery or or facing that is so overwhelming for people mm-hmm. is because there's this idea that you have to live in that shame in order yeah. to heal and and I just I agree I don't think that that that's what I'm hearing you say that you don't and I I, I agree yeah. second off it is so just on a personal note good to hear that there was that little voice at 25 that said yeah I know that this isn't gonna there's no way that this is going to be something that I do for my life but I don't know when that's going to happen I felt that same way but I didn't understand how when didn't think I could do it didn't understand the logistics and honestly my drive probably like yours at 25 wasn't focused on that part of my life yet Mm -mm. so it's 
so lovely to hear that anybody who's out there who's maybe at that literal moment right now saying, yeah, I know this isn't going to be something, this is being sober is something that I'm going to tackle in my life and you don't know how and you don't know when and you don't know where it's going to happen. It's just so nice to hear that other people can feel that way. I am a a big believer, a big, huge believer that everybody knows they have an issue with something. Yeah. It's whether you want to face it mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just whether you choose to face it or not. Honestly, I think that's kind of what comes comes to it at the end of the day. Right. And I, 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 I'll have people be like, well, how did you get sober? Like you just, you haven't had a drink since August, since 2012. And it's like, no, <laughs> I also had a four year where I try, you know, now you could call that because a lot has happened in the space uh, with recovery space in the past couple of years. I mean, now, if you want to term that, you want to mm-hmm. term that gray area drinking of what I was doing those four years, like right. moderation, right. was I sober curious, right? you know, and still I was just trying to find like so many of us do, I was still trying to what fit a square in a circle or whatever <laughs> square peg in a round hole. Yes. Like that's what I was trying to do. And it, right. just, it wasn't, it wasn't working anymore because by the time I got to 25, alcohol had taken over. Yeah. It took over. It takes over your brain chemistry. I mean, that's what happens and it becomes something that is uncontrollable. You can't control it because you, you might, but you might spend a lot of energy and waste right. of time trying to still control a cycle that will eventually get you and bite you in the ass. It's so true and it's so important to start. Like, And I know that our, our society is getting more sober curious and having these terms and gray area drinking. It's so good to just hear stories where it's like there was a chunk of my life that I was like not balancing it well. Yeah. And uh, that was necessary for me in my journey and my story. Like it was completely necessary to get to that threshold of, okay, I'm done. And I mean, also to talk about the point that you brought up that sometimes people could hear that your at the time boyfriend, now husband said, mm-hmm. in, in, in a essence, like it's me or the booze. Mm-hmm that that's maybe not the best, but I I think that that's just the package that your final, you know, uh, chutzpah came came from. And also missing the cat. Right. I think anybody who's listening can can relate to laying in bed and having a hangover or even having the flu. Let's take it away from alcohol when you're laying in bed and you want to get better and you're like, I'll do anything if I just stop throwing up or if I can keep water down, I will do whatever. And it's because you're really hurting that you make those bets and you were really hurting. Yeah. Looking to enjoy a guilt-free drink at the end of the night or during a party? With Free Spirits, the ceremony and socialization of cocktails can remain without compromising taste or your well-being. Free Spirits honors the nose, taste, and mouthfeel of traditional spirits while skipping the fermentation process. Each one of the Free Spirits is infused with vitamin B3 and B6 along with naturally uplifting amino acids like taurine. So you're doing your body good. Want to join me for a better drink? Head to drinkfreespirits.com and get yours. What was it like when you found your cat? You hear this a lot too from people. You have this moment 
I had this moment where I went outside for the last time and you know, if you're thinking, yes, I looked under the spot for her. So she comes out of the neighbor's deck and she's like inching towards me. It's in the backyard and everything got still. I couldn't hear traffic. The, the colors, you know, it seemed to get brighter. It was one of those bigger than me moments. And she comes, poor thing's got cobwebs on her, <laughs> like her ears and like leaves. And she comes and she legit just runs up to me, let pick, like almost jumps off, off the ground. And I like pick her up. I go down to my knees and I'm just holding this cat. And then she pees on me, which I deserved it. Okay. I totally deserved it. You know, and it was it's seriously nothing but silence around me so I really think that that was my and it never once was like it never once was like oh god now I'm gonna have to own up to my word it was just it just was it just was because it was it was my time to do what I had been needing to do for a very long time yeah was your moment of clarity it was my moment of clarity it was that 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 moment greater than me it was the universe talking to me and it was just it was just time yeah, and you were tuned into it. You were open yeah. and willing and ready to have those moments because who knows really how many moments like that were, were given that we're just not present for or we're not ready. And when you were 25, that could have been a moment. But yeah. you have to be ready and that's where the work comes in and our responsibility is to be in tune with yourself and start asking those questions and start realizing the way that you feel. So what did your recovery plan look like? How did you, how did you tackle it? And also what was the conversation with your boyfriend, now husband, like? So he was pissed. Okay. Uh, (laughs) You weren't really chatting. (laughs) No, 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 no. I pretty much like did my own little type of uh, detox in our spare bedroom, did not talk to him until that cat was found because that is that man's best friend. So the Oda is his ride or die. So, you know, it was just kind of one of those things. And within those two weeks, you know, I mean, obviously we started talking after um, she was found and it was just the conversation like, okay, you know, I want to give this a go. I, I made this pact, you know, when we have a family one day, I don't want our children to live in the cycle. I don't mm. want them have, you know, cause we both are products of alcoholism and we broke the cycle because it starts with you. So I, I broke that cycle that day and it was a matter within the first couple of weeks. Uh, I tried a couple of times. I did not connect uh, to me at that time. God, that was a very uncomfortable subject for me. Uh, I, I still had a lot of anxiety and shame even though when I went, I was like, you know, this is good. This is a community, but it just wasn't for me at that time. So then the first year, I definitely white knuckled it even into the second year. Um, And then I started to really dive into personal development. I really started diving into then uh, proper nutrition and exercise, went back to therapy. I've been in therapy since I was like, I don't know. Well, me too. So me too. I knew that too. I had a therapist who all be or when I was still drinking, and she was like, "You should just give up alcohol." And I was like, "No, no, all right, you're fired." <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was always her thing. She was just like, "I just keep hearing this problem with the, like alcohol was always the issue." So therapy, 
I've hired coaches. I've really gotten into in the past six years, meditation, gratitude. All Gratitude was always the same thing since day one by just waking up in the morning time and saying, I'm grateful for another day sober. Yeah. Now I do, you know, I now in the past couple of years, I made it more of a thing to write out daily gratitude and just really then start with my own of, and not everybody has to do it, but this is where I was able to dive more into a spiritual side Mm -hmm. and really then connect with, okay, what does my God look like? You know, and connect. I always had something bigger than me. And I always had a why from the get. And that was Matt and Fiona. And they were my daily, like daily reminders where alcohol can, can lead. So I have to say when it comes to my recovery, I've done it all. And I still continue to do it because you never stop recovering. You know, that is where you hear too, when people start getting um, a little wonky in their sobriety, it's usually because they've tapped out of something. Yeah, I honestly, just being totally transparent here, I feel like I'm nearing a, a road where I, I've, I've started to exhaust my ways of coping. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think to your point of somebody tapping out, I also think you might just need to constantly be like adding new tools, like mm-hmm. always be looking mm-hmm. and open to different ways to cope, how to handle triggers, different people to talk to, different groups if you want. Because I mean, I'm not even at my second year. So it's, it's, I'm at that in between where I made it past a year, yeah. but it's not quite two. And I, because yeah, I, and I'm going to tell you, each year is different. So, yeah. okay, you know, August, I'll have 10 years, but giving, birth, birthing a human back in September, because got, I detached from my daily to do's of what has always kept me in line and, you know, and total life adjustment with having a child, but it, I stopped, I stopped getting connected because I was just in survival mode for those first four months. And I was starting to get a little wonky. And then sleep deprivation on top of that. I mean, one of my tools has always been proper sleep because my sleep was so messed up for so many years of that cycle into there was some drug use in those days as well. But like sleep became very, very, very important to me in my recovery and getting like a full, I need a full seven to eight hours. So that was taken away and it was. I'll never say that I was like, I was there being like, had the bottle in my hand. Right, 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 right. But there was thoughts where I'm like, I can see how women, after they have children, cope with alcohol. Oh, a hundred percent. Especially like the mommy juice and the, you know, all of those terms that. Mm -hmm. So what did you do? Like, how did you, how did you get back on track with something like sleep, like, and you have a baby how did that's a very tough way or situation to it's almost uncontrollable to a point yeah well I ate a lot of sugar those first couple (laughs) (laughs) I ate a lot of sugar Uh but then what we did was well and then what I did was I started switching I got back into my meditation that was the first thing I had to do and I started meditating at nighttime when he would go down for you know a couple hours and then I added in my gratitude journal after I had the meditation down for like a two weeks. And then I was able to start then reading a couple of pages. Um, and, a, and because I'm an 
a huge reader now in my sobriety. I got into, I got into books. <laughs> just, cool. Yes. That's <laughs> your vice reading. Right. right exactly. <laughs> so I got to able to start then incorporating that. And then I just switched it at night. But to answer your question, we hired a sleep coach. We're good to go now. Like that's amazing. nice. Mm-hmm. So you that's know. nice. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that answer because I think it really it's nice to hear that there is two ways you can go. Because, you know, for for sleep like for me, I don't have any children, but I get sleep is like my hardest struggle. It's mm-hmm. a, a big reason why I drink so much is cuz I drink to go to sleep. Yeah. That's Which, a lot I of mean, <laughs> well, oh. but I know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really sleep. I was just like passed out from the alcohol and, you know, that's for another time. But there's two ways to go about it. One, taking the resources that don't cost money. And two, figuring out a way and noticing and asking yourself, when is there a time to invest in help? Which I think is like an overarching thing in sobriety, I'm sure in motherhood, I, in parenting. But that's nice to hear that that those are options that, that anybody can do. Financial or not financial, yeah. sit down with a gratitude journal it won't cost you any money. It'll cost you time, which you're already spending on not sleeping. Well, right. You know? And that's the thing. It's just like, you know, I, I, and I, I will put in that too, as well. Like if you financially can do it, I, like hire help yeah. at, at it with anything, because like, I was trying to figure it out. And then when we, and if you need a sleep coach, I got one. So, <laughs> um, wonderful of just, you know, and now Matt and I joke. I'm like, remember when CJ hated us those first four months of his life? Yeah. But it, but it's true. Like it totally, after working with her for a day and I was like, I cannot believe this. I tried for weeks to figure this stuff out. And then I am the type of person you tell me what to do, when to do it, I will (laughs) do it. And I mean, so the Andersons over here are very, very happy sleep filled people now you know so it's just it is one of those things if you financially can get help in anything and you're at you do do it the best investment is always going to be in yourself so right and yeah and just getting in the habit of thinking like this this is an investment in myself and in my recovery and in my sobriety and I value and I cherish and I deserve that we're nearing our time. I want to know one about Sober Vibes, if you can tell the audience a bit more about it. You have so many tools that you offer. And can you also, if you could give anyone who's listening one tool that they should invest in for their Sober Toolkit, what would it be? Sober Vibes is um, a community I created in 2016 for my time that I spent back because I ended up going back to AA when I felt comfortable. And that is the great thing about 12 Steps, open door always. So I went back 2016 and I sat and I listened and I sat at the women's table and I sat and listened and listened to what women needed. And then a couple of things had happened to me in my sobriety. You know, I was in some Facebook groups at that time where, um, also as well, we, it took us about six years to have our son. So I was going through infertility stuff, you know, and I want to post and I used, I use, I dropped the F-bomb because I will drop F-bombs <laughs> and it just describing my feeling. And I had this troll 
now mind you, this is like a sober group. I had this woman tell me that that's probably why I wasn't having a kid. I wouldn't be a good mom because of my foul mouth. So at that point, I'm like, I don't, I don't vibe here. Yeah. <laughs> These aren't my people. Yeah. So I created Sober Vibes to really, for sober, sober, curious women to meet you where you're at in your, re, your um, sobriety and recovery. Relapse happens every day. It, it's not, your recovery doesn't look like somebody else's, you know, it's a very non-judgmental, you want to vibe with 12 steps, you don't, you did this, you saw an addiction uh, specialist, therapist, no problem. I don't care because recovery is not a one size, it's not a one size program, you know? Yeah. So it's really just for support, empowerment, and then coming to as well with kind of tools to help you start living a life. Because what I heard at this table were a lot of women did not have much going on other than just work meetings, work meetings. And none of us get sober just to recluse. Right. You know, I, but I understand, I don't want that to come off insensitive because I understand some people, they feel more comfortable at the house. But, but I heard that summer, it's like they wanted to have friends to be able to go to a, a Tigers game, to a baseball game and sit there and feel safe with somebody. So really too, you know, it, you can do it more in the Facebook group, but just to connect with other women, you never know who you're going to meet and just find new friends, find people who are going to support you. Some people don't even have anybody in their corner in real life to be like, you're doing a good job. Yeah. So it's just really, for me, a lot of empowerment and encouragement and to be more of a cheerleader for somebody and not be like, you're not going to, you're not going to be a good mom because you have a foul mouth, you know, and then what Sober Vibes has grown into has become a podcast, has become me doing um, coaching and, and programs and creating free stuff. You know, I started doing these free workshops. Yeah. I have a calendar, a 30 day calendar. Each day, there's something to do on there that does not involve alcohol. And I, I created that because when I got sober, you know, those first couple of weeks I had to Google hobbies. I had zero. Oh, a hundred percent. And some of the biggest reasons that I and people that are no longer drinking that I know and people who are still drinking that I know drink because they're bored. Well, I was so guilty of that. Mm -hmm. So what a fun thing to just even try. Yeah, you know, and just like, and it's not even like I'm sitting here telling you to crochet something. Like it's just <laughs> one day it's like go to the movies, yeah. get your ass up because we forget. You forget, and it's okay. It's okay. There's like, there's no judgment ever from me because I was that person where I'm like, when you're such in a cycle and you're in such in, the, in this embedded toxic relationship with alcohol. You don't think of anything else but that. Totally. So, and your world just gets so small. So like even just having a resource to be like, all right, I'm going to print up this 30 day guide and like, just go to refer it to, you know? Yeah. And then national sober day, that is um, September 14th of every calendar year. That is just, always, it's just something to celebrate sobriety and to make more awareness of the disease of addiction and, you know, for, for people not to look at it where they feel like they have to hide. Yeah. And, you know, I respect anonymous. I do. It's again, whatever people are comfortable with, yes. but having something like this can just actually bring more awareness to be like, Oh, 
I don't have to be silent, you yeah. know, because that was a pact I made with myself in those first 30 days. I'm like, you know, I don't want to be anonymous. I started sharing on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm like, because in my active addiction, I was so shamed. Why am I going to then shame the sobriety of something that right. I'm trying to do, you know, like, yes. I'm going to talk about this. Like, yes. I'm not going to keep hiding. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to keep hiding. So Sober Vibes has evolved and keeps evolving and it's just very, very exciting. So would you say that that 30 day calendar would be a good tool for somebody who's trying sobriety out for their toolkit? At 100% for that, I would say, I think podcasts are good. And also too, I'm going to say that the number one thing that you can start doing that's free is gratitude, gratitude or meditation. Like the sooner you start meditation practice, the easier your recovery is going to be just because yeah. of what it does to the brain and, and really calms you down. So do you do it? Like, do you do guided meditations? Do you do chanting? Like, what do you do? I do guided meditations. I mean, my longest meditation, I, I'm a 10 to 20 minute person, 20 minutes if I have that time, but 10 minutes is like fine for where I'm currently at in the season of my life. I've done a couple things. But this year I decided, um, I downloaded the Calm app and that is something you have to pay for, yes. but it's very, very, very helpful. But you can look up on YouTube free, free meditation. So I know I kind of said a lot in there, but it's important for people to know these resources are out there. It yeah, is. So, and too, because now that there is so many options out there, that's another thing that you kind of have to protect yourself with, with anything. If it starts to get overwhelming, stop listening to 25 sobriety recovery podcasts. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for this chat. I have learned so much. I'm going to continue to learn so much from you. And I, I hope we can do this again at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Clear-Headed is sponsored by Free Spirits. Head to drinkfreespirits.com and use code CLEARHEADED20 for 20% off your first order. This episode was recorded at the Wave Podcasting Studios and the music used was created by Honeydew. Special thanks to Sarah Ashcraft. For more tips, tricks, and tools, head to our website, theclearheadedpodcast.com.